there is a one fundamental characteristic also. Bitcoin is unconfiscatable. Nobody can take your Bitcoin from you. People started discovering and using Bitcoin as a tool to bring money in and out of the country. This video is brought to you by Envoy, a simple Bitcoin wallet with powerful account management features. Stay tuned to the video to learn more. Welcome back to the Bitcoin layer. Today, we are talking more about Bitcoin's global adoption trends abroad. And to do that, we have a very special guest. It is Geronimo from Buenos Aires, Argentina. He is a Bitcoin educator focused on educating the masses about Bitcoin and its benefits to the Argentine public. Geronimo, welcome to the show. Thank you, Nick. Uh, Joe, thank you. Nice to meet you. And I'm really happy to participate in your uh, show. Absolutely. I'm, I'm very excited about it. This is an extremely relevant topic. Uh, here in the Western world, we view Bitcoin as this really high beta macro asset. Uh, we, we think it's traded like the NASDAQ, but, but many people fail to understand its unique monetary properties that give it certain benefits for people uh, in emerging nations, particularly nations whose currencies are very quickly collapsing, right? So talk to us about what Argentina is facing. We know there's an inflation problem. We know that they're uh, you know, relative to Bitcoin, the value of the Argentine peso is soaring. How did all this start? Where did this inflation come from? You had hyperinflation in the 90s. What's going on right now? Yes, we have a history of uh, really high inflation, like forever. Um, but in the middle of this, in the 90s, one president took the decision to peg the peso to the dollar. So we, we live it in a dollarized um, economy, but the pesos, uh, were still circulating, okay? For each um, peso that was on the street, there should be one dollar on the central bank. And that brought us 10 years of no inflation, absolutely. Economic stability and everything uh, was working smoothly. Uh, until, surprise, everybody realized that there weren't enough dollars on the central bank and the pesos on the street were only uh, color papers uh, printed out of thin air. So that brought up an uh, extremely crisis in 2001 uh, when the government confiscated almost all our savings uh, from the bank. That's what uh, the short history that uh, we have 10 years of no inflation. After that, the, well, the peg was lost, of course. In the market, the dollar uh, went to four pesos to one dollar. Until today that we have uh, 500 pesos almost uh, for $1. Inflation and, and uh, things are getting uh, speed up. The, the speed of money is getting quicker and quicker and quicker. When you go to a supermarket now, uh, you notice that prices go up daily or weekly. Uh, a few months before, it was a monthly thing. But today, everything is rising. So the, the value of the peso is falling really fast. Uh, a few days ago, we have like an overshooting. Merchants, they have no prices. They can't sell you because they don't know how much uh, it will cost for them to recover that uh, things to sell uh, a few days later. So that brings a lot of uh, volatility, volatility and uncertainty. Wow. So you're at the point now where you go to a merchant, you want to buy something, and they don't even know how to price it accurately for you. They can't sell it to you. Is that what's happening? This happens in, in a few certain points where the, dollar, the market gets hot and the blue dollar rises and rises and rises. And the government, of course, they put all their forces to uh, keep the dollar down. Uh, 
Uh, there is one thing. Uh, the dollar, the government dictates the price of the dollar, has an official rate, okay? You can Google the price of Bitcoin and you will get, uh, in pesos, and you will get an official uh, exchange rate with pesos. It's like half of what is real, the real free market value of that Bitcoin. So the government fixes uh, this exchange rate, but of course the free market uh, is different. We are not able to buy more than $200 monthly each citizen. Uh, so when you need more dollars, escaping from inflation, uh, you have to go to the blue market. So they're actually limiting flight to the dollar. They're limiting people's access to the dollar. I've seen headlines, and actually right now, Argentina, they're striking deals with China that are denominated in yuan. And many people are saying, well, this is a sign that the world is de-dollarized and that people are dropping the dollar. Well, actually, the reason that Argentina is doing it is because they're running out of dollars and they want to keep dollars in their country. So, you know, they want to block off their citizens from moving to the more valuable currency because it would put more downward pressure on the Argentine peso. That's absolutely crazy. How has this been for you living through all of this? Uh, you know, ha have you managed to, to hold up well? What is quality of life uh, changed like for you? No, the, the Argentina, there is a very good quality of life. Of course, you see a lot of poverty, but the government finance the poverty with uh, welfare. 40% of the population lives out of uh, a check from the government, okay? But what happens? These people protest because they can't afford things, because they keep receiving less and less money. They can't buy, they buy less things. So they go and protest. So the government says, okay, I will give you more money. And this is a vicious cycle of never-ending inflation. The 100% of the population is subsidized. Uh, we pay, I don't know, I, uh, $5 of electricity bill, a monthly bill. All the public transport is uh, subsidized. Uh, you have free health, free education. 100% of the population is subsidized. Who pays for that? All of us with inflation. Okay? Gotcha. Okay. And so, so you have healthcare that's provided by the government. You have transport that's provided by the government. 14% of the population lives on welfare checks from the government. And this is all paid for. And I, I don't doubt that there is some demand for Argentinian bonds around the world, but clearly not enough to finance these programs, right? Usually, uh, obviously, governments will finance themselves with sovereign debt. They'll finance themselves with tax revenue. Clearly, that hasn't been enough in Argentina. And so in order to continue providing these services, they've just debase the currency. Is that correct? Well, yes, because all the government bonds are uh, dumped to the floor because they never paid it. Uh, they can't tax us more because if today we have a, like 110 taxes. So if you pay all the taxes, you are like a slave for the government. So uh, we managed to pay some uh, because the, um, the justice doesn't work in a good way. Uh, you can't if you don't pay taxes, you won't go to shade. Gotcha. Okay. So let, let's take a step back. What has this been like for the people of Argentina, right? Here in the United States, in Western countries, we are opining about the horrors of double-digit inflation, right? In, in the United States, and this is a disconcerting thing for United States uh, citizens in, in our currency, because obviously the dollar is the world's preferred currency. And to have uh, you know asset prices here in the U.S., consumer prices... Uh, you know, rise by 10% year on year, that's unprecedented. And that's, you know, that's, that's scary for the world's leader and the world's most deep and liquid market for cash, not just dollars, but US treasuries. So to us, double digit inflation is unfathomable. But you guys have now been living with uh, ever increasing uh, double digit inflation into the 70s, 80s, 90s, and now 
triple digit inflation for the first time since you guys experienced hyperinflation in, in, in the 1990s. What is that like? What are, how are citizens reacting uh, at a cultural level, right? Are people dissenting the government more? Are people pushing back? What is it like in Argentinian culture now that you're seeing this triple digit inflation? Um, no, people are used to it. Uh, of course, they argue that, oh, I, I need to go to the supermarket and things are more expensive. But people are used to it uh, because people don't understand how money works. And uh, we learn that the state should give you a lot of, of stuff. So with all these subsidies, people are used to the government has to take care of me. But they don't know that at the end, the party, someone has to pay the party. And we are paying the party uh, now. Inflation is getting higher and the speed of money is getting higher also. Gotcha. Okay. So so because it's just embedded in the culture at this point, there's this expectation that prices just rise is what they do. Do you think that this is a literacy issue? Like people aren't financially literate enough to understand what is going on with inflation? I know here in the in the states and in other uh, you know uh, uh, Western nations that there are people who don't understand how money works, how inflation works. Uh, is is that the case in Argentina? Are people just not aware that the, the government is printing money? Yes, that's the case. And of course, the government says that inflation is a multi-casual thing. A lot of things bring inflation, especially the uh, merchants who raise uh, their prices because they are greedy. <laughs> That's the same kind of scapegoating you see here in the United States with politicians. Elizabeth Warren, senator from my home state, says that greedy poly, greedy business people are raising prices. That's the same tactic they use in Argentina. Yes, that and a lot of them. So, so um, we are wired in uh, USD prices. Okay, the peso you only need it, you only use it for an everyday transaction when you go to the supermarket to buy groceries, whatever. Um, but if you need to buy, I don't know, a phone, technology, a car, or um, an apartment, mostly all these big transactions are doing are made in U.S. dollar cash. Okay, Argentinians they say we are the second country with the most physical 100 bills in the world. Okay, we love the U.S. dollar. Everybody runs to get U.S. dollars, and U.S. dollars are not kept on the banks. You are crazy if you kept one dollar on the bank. You will get confiscated. So people keep them under the market in their homes. Younger people, of course, they run to uh, Bitcoin and these uh, stable coins, USDT, etc. Uh, the speed of the peso is so fast losing value that uh, we feel that the dollar is stable also. We can't understand that the dollar also has inflation. Got it. Okay. So the dollar is seen as this this hot commodity in Argentina. People fail to understand that here in the United States, they think that the the dollar is hot garbage. Um, in actuality, right? Of course, you know all fiat is is uh, you know withering away to some degree at different paces. But for nations where the currency is just outright collapsing, dollars are as good as gold, right? Um, and so you, you're saying that you use pesos just for everyday transactions. Um, and you keep dollars under the mattress, right? That sounds silly to, to you know some of the, the people who, who may live in Europe or the United States that are listening. Um, what do you use dollars for? What are dollars used for if the government is trying to crack down on outflows and they're saying that you can only have a certain amount of dollars? Um, what, what are dollars used for if pesos are being used for everyday transactions? And how do you exchange between dollars uh, and pesos? And, and what's the cost like for that? Yes, no, basically we keep dollars as a uh, store of value, okay? Uh, how do you get the dollars? 
you can get you walk on the street on the touristic areas and they, you will have 100 people shouting to you exchange shakes cambio cambio so you can exchange it on the street the the peer to peer network is huge uh, these places are called um cuevas it's like a black market office where you go and you exchange uh, pesos for dollars this video is brought to you by Envoy, a simple, easy to use Bitcoin hardware wallet with powerful account management and privacy features. You guys, if you've been on the fence about taking your Bitcoin off exchanges, which we've told you and many others have told you is a very important thing to do, look no further, you guys. This is a free mobile wallet. You can download it on your phone right now. It takes less than 60 seconds to set up. And once you're done, take your Bitcoin off exchanges with ease and you'll know that these exchanges can't take your Bitcoin and put it elsewhere. Your Bitcoin in your hands, very, very simple thing to do. Go to the Google Play Store or the iOS Store or click the link in the description below to download Envoy. I promise you guys, you will enjoy. Now, back to the video. So this is this is pretty remarkable. So you're you're on the streets, people are shouting, and I assume they're shouting their exchange rate. So they're shouting that they could give you more dollars at a lower price than this guy, than this guy. Um, and they're doing that. You can see the free market. You can see the free market working on, on the street in real time. That's remarkable. That's remarkable. I, I Obviously, in Nick's book, Layered Money, he talked about the, the world's first uh, currency markets, and it sounded uh, pretty similar to that, right? People were you know, uh, uh, on the street actually shouting at one another. Um, that's extremely interesting. Okay. Let's shift gears here. Let's talk about what the actual adoption and usage of, of alternatives is like. You, you mentioned that the youth are moving towards uh, hard money alternatives, right? They're moving towards Bitcoin. Um, you know... What is the actual uh, adoption and usage that you're viewing? Obviously, you're on the ground as a Bitcoin educator. You're doing your best to try to teach people because obviously we mentioned Argentina has a huge financial literacy issue. They don't know where inflation comes from. You're on the ground. You're observing these things. Talk to us about adoption and actual usage of Bitcoin in Argentina. And is it on the rise now that people are seeing triple digit inflation, something many of the young people haven't seen in their lifetimes? Um, yes, I believe Argentina is a really Bitcoinized country, uh, but under the hood. Okay, you won't see it on the street uh, for going to buy something, coffee or something to a merchant. But uh, as we have uh, financial restrictions to send money in or out the country, you can't, it's forbidden. People started discovering and using Bitcoin as a tool to bring money in and out of the country. Also, as a sort of value, because uh, the peso melts and Bitcoin will keep at least the value of the peso, it will keep it. Because now we, I believe we are in all-time high again against pesos. Uh, so the real usage is that one. It's bring money, uh, be free of the uh, governmental restrictions to keep you in the system. You can opt out. You can opt out indeed. Okay. So when it comes to Bitcoin, are you seeing more people using it as a store of value? or as a medium of exchange? Because you mentioned that people have, it's a regular thing in Argentina for people to be holding dollars and then exchange them for pesos only when they need to buy things. Uh, so it seems like store of value is embedded in the culture, right? People don't flock to the better currency and spend it. People flock to the better currency and save it and don't use it. So in Argentina, are you seeing people flock to when they are using Bitcoin? Um, are they just buying it and holding it right as their preferred store of value? Or do you see people transacting in Bitcoin? No, the, the main usage, of course, is a store of value. Uh, Bitcoin, in the long term, it conquered that, uh, that characteristic. Uh, we can see this medium of exchange in communities or small uh, gatherings 
when we go to have a barbecue, someone paid all the meat, okay, we exchange between us pesos or bitcoins. So you can see that on small communities and niche markets. Uh, but the main usage is uh, this one, store of value, and of course, uh, sending money in or out of the country. Absolutely. And, and, and don't forget, uh, there is a one fundamental characteristic also. Bitcoin is unconfiscatable. So nobody can take your Bitcoin from you. Uh, we, we've seen our savings confiscated uh, two times, first in 2001, and in 2008, uh, we had this uh, retirement, private retirement accounts, and the government also confiscate those private retirement accounts. Okay, two times confiscated. So <laughs> I'm a Bitcoiner. <laughs> man, oh man! And in Argentina, it's it's not a it's it's you know it's the the barrier to entry to becoming a Bitcoiner is m very much lowered when your currency, when your wealth is confiscated repeatedly. Let, let's talk about that briefly before we go back into the store of value side of things. Um, you know, in, in 2000, 2001, in 2008, um, what was it like? You know, obviously you, you, were, uh, you were around back then. Did you have your wealth confiscated? You know, what, what was that like? Were, were, were the dollars and cents just drained from people's bank accounts? Were people uh, in the streets rushing to banks trying to break down doors? I imagine that that's a pretty horrific scene. Well, 2001 was... Uh, big crisis, and we had uh, 40 people dead all around the country in fights uh, with the police and people trying to get into the governmental houses and banks. That was hard because it was everybody's money. Everybody's money was on, on the banks. And if you were an old guy, 60, 70, or 80s, they took away all your life things and they literally they killed you because you couldn't restart again. We were young, I was young, I had some money and I could restart again. And that was the, the first confiscation in 2001. In 2008, uh, the confiscation was only for 2 million or 3 million people uh, because you could choose to get your retirement from the government or have your private retirement account. Of course, regulated by the government, but it was private. Uh, so that confiscation wasn't so... Uh, Crazy, just two or three guys that will. Ah, oh, we kept our their money. Okay, that's it. <laughs> Keep going. Uh, of course, now we don't trust on politicians or banks. Uh, nobody keeps a dollar in the bank. You only have three thousand pesos, uh, five thousand pesos in the bank to pay some bills. Uh, but the banks don't have dollars uh, to lend. That's why when you want to buy an apartment or something big, you have to go with you have to go with your uh, suitcase full of dollars, cash to pay for an apartment, uh, because there are no uh, mortgages, no lending. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. So obviously, banks they don't have dollars because nobody's keeping them there. Uh, I imagine that you know creating credit in pesos isn't the most profitable business in the world. What is economic growth like in Argentina? Because we, you and I both know we live in a world where credit growth, credit creation, that is tied very closely with economic growth. We live in this fractionally reserved uh, you know, economy. What is economic growth like in Argentina if banks don't have any money there and hence they, they, they aren't very profitable? Yes. No, when I was a kid, I remember the poverty index was down 7%. Today, the poverty index is over 40%. So we create poverty all these years long and there is no growth. You became poorer and poorer and poorer. 
uh, you feel you move more money because you have a more papers, inked papers, uh, but you're getting poorer. Uh, when I started working in 2001, my salary was uh, 1,600 US dollars. I was a young guy on sales in a company. Today, the average salary of an Argentinian is less than $300. So the difference is outstanding. The difference is staggering, particularly here in the United States, where we've only seen wages increase. We've seen, seen wages increase as a function of the currency being devalued, right? Um, people moving into more productive roles, um, you know, and, and as mm -hmm. a function of that, people demand to be paid more. And so we've gone from less than $7 at the start of the century to now uh, $7.50 nationwide. In my state, it's $15 as a minimum wage. And, and to hear that some people are earning less than $300, um, you know, it's uh, that, that's quite a staggering reality. And I'm sure it's quite a, a staggering realization for all of our viewers here. Um, you know, what would you say to, to the viewer that's listening to this right now or watching this on, uh, on YouTube about what Argentina is facing um, and how Bitcoin offers a solution to them. Right? Throughout this conversation, we've talked about Bitcoin being this unconfiscatable un digital bearer asset. Um, and, and people don't grasp the importance of that necessarily unless your currency is collapsing, unless you need to flee a nation, unless uh, your, your wealth is being uh, stolen from you, in which case it makes a lot of sense to be able to store your wealth in your head and not not have it seized either physically or implicitly through monetary debasement. So what would you say to the viewers out there who aren't experiencing that and how Bitcoin offers a solution for it? Well, yes, uh, these things happen uh, slowly and then suddenly. Uh, the government, this government uh, keeps debasing all our uh, wealth by printing money. Uh, so this can happen in any other country sooner or later. You here in Argentina, you have the solution. The solution is to opt out. Keep the government, you work with your fancy uh, color papers. I opt to work with the hardest money on earth. Gotcha. Okay. And, uh, you know, I think this has been a tremendously informative episode. We like having guests on from varying backgrounds and living in varying circumstances. And to witness what has been going on in Argentina is mind-boggling for myself as someone who observe, observes markets, but also uh, observes Bitcoin. And, uh, you know, observing Bitcoin shoot past, uh, shoot near its all-time high when denominated in Argentine pesos, uh, it was an extremely startling realization. And uh, I'm sure this won't be the last time that you and I speak, and it certainly won't be the last time that I'm trying to keep up with what's going on in Argentina, because I have a feeling as Bitcoin crests its all-time high in Argentine pesos, that it's going to gain a lot more steam in countries like Argentina. Yes, absolutely. Sure. Uh, things are getting, and we have elections this year. So things are going to get uh, really volatile. We should have a new president on the pink house uh, by December. Um, we have uh, one candidate who is proposing to uh, burn the central bank. <laughs> so every politician is talking about this. Uh, he is getting a lot of marketing because everybody is talking about dollarization, dollarization, dollarization. Uh, of course, if someone proposes the free market of uh, currency here in Argentina, everybody will run to the dollar because, in fact, we are dollarized under the hood. But Bitcoin will uh, will have another place also. Uh, it will be keep growing and growing and growing. Fantastic, and we'll we'll continue keeping an eye on it here, of course, at uh, at TBL. 
thank you so much for coming on. Uh, this was a, a great episode. I think the viewers will really enjoy it. And uh, I really appreciate your time. Before we go, Geronimo, give our viewers uh, some sense as to where they can find you on Twitter and other places. Yes, uh, on Twitter, uh, I am uh, Paleobit from the Paleo, the Paleo Diet and uh, Bitcoin. Okay, Paleobit. Uh, mainly I'm there in, in Twitter. Fantastic. Well, thank you once again for coming on the Bitcoin layer where we cover Bitcoin through a global macro lens. Thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure to subscribe and hit the notification bell so you'll get notified whenever we drop a new video and take care. This video is brought to you by Passport. This is a Bitcoin hardware wallet that you already know how to use. With a gorgeous design, very sleek interface, you guys, this is extremely simple to use. If you've been on the fence about Bitcoin hardware wallets in the past, about taking self-custody seriously, look no further, you guys. It's got a camera on the back, so you can easily scan any QR code to transfer your Bitcoin to and from this device. I promise you guys, it's very simple, very easy to use. If you've been on the fence, Here's the device for you. You can pick one up at thebitcoinlayer.com slash foundation to receive $10 off or click the link in the description below. Thank you guys so much for watching the video and we'll catch you later.